Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Occasionalist. It's Adam Chemelewski here with the one and only Matthew Pagel, and we are going to welcome you to the March of Minisodes. How are we doing today, dude? Doing very well, and I am really looking forward to getting uh, to getting our Minisode on. This is going to be pretty fun. Yes, I am really, really happy about this. Um, as far as like doing like the shorter episodes, um, just to you know do it in this format is something that we've never done before. And like to devote a whole month to it, I think we're going to cover some really cool territory, do some really, really interesting things, and hopefully have a fun time doing it. And hopefully you guys out there have a fun time listening to uh, our trip through the March of Minisodes. And so what we're going to do, I'm just going to kind of give you guys uh, a little information here. We're going to do three episodes. And uh, the episodes are, you know, we're aiming to not have them go over 40 minutes. So we're looking to maybe have one shorter one, two kind of longer ones, but um, they're both, no matter what, it's going to be shorter than our usual marathon ingenious we're, insightful discussions. We're basically, we <laughs> we're basically shooting for what normal podcasts do. Yes. Like, the, like I was thinking about this, there's a, now granted this one's daily, um, this one that I listened to, uh, it's called um, Nothing Personal with David Sampson. And it's a uh, it's a sports it's a sports business podcast. It's actually really interesting to hear a take on the sports world from someone who is a part of part of management. But it's a daily podcast, in and out in at worst fifty minutes, usually forty minutes. And I'm okay. like, man, that's that again, kind of like the short film thing. I'm like, that's pretty impressive that you can talk for almost exactly forty minutes every day and almost never go over. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you, like these guys, it's a whole art form on its own to be short and concise. Um, something that, you know, me personally as a writer, I need, I know I need to, to get better about. I love long dialogue blocks in movies, which a lot of people don't. And I'm learning uh, that lesson every day. I, I, that blo- it blows my mind. Give me more talking. <laughs> I know. Right. I know. Right. Uh, so this one, um, this month, I, I'm really, dude, I just, I think this is great. And um, we, you know, I think when we were doing the uh, the layout for this year at the end of last year, uh, I think we were kind of, no matter what, this was like a direction that you and I were bound to take at some point in time. Yeah. And we've had a lot of fun with uh, doing like our little mini episodes and follow-ups to some of our other things that we've done. But um, I, I think that this is just this is just going to be great. And I'm really excited to do it. Oh yeah. This is going to be a lot of fun for sure. All right. So before we get into the first um, episode, I wanted to just do a little bit of house cleaning and we both um, at the, uh, in January when we were doing our challenges, you know, we had this whole like 30 day, uh, we wrote something we could stick for, for 30 days. I chose doing core work and you had uh, chose to add a stretching routine to your regular workout routine. So I just wanted to do a quick follow up and see how we did on the 30 day challenge. Yeah. So, uh, so I realized that stretching wasn't a necessity, wasn't a necessity for me every day. Um, okay. However, I still keep with it at least like twice a week. Um, okay. Sometimes, sometimes even three times a week, generally, Generally lower body stretching um, uh, or like lower back stretching, just to keep just to keep that area of my body that I've that I've that I've injured frequently loose. Um, so like I do keep with it. It's just not a daily thing, and it's yeah. it's not stretching is not necessary for what I do fitness wise necessarily. Yeah. No, I totally got you, dude. At least you're doing it a couple of times a week and adding that into your uh, routine and stuff. And believe, like, I guess there's really nothing wrong with adding some stretching into your routine. That's like literally no. the one thing you could do that won't mess a workout routine up. So that's awesome, man. And like, I um, 
I'll tell you, I did really good with the exception of two days. And like it was uh, the Super Bowl Sunday. I didn't get a chance to do the core work. Like we woke up hungover and no joke, just put our bootstraps on and started going down to the festivities and walking around. So there was that day and there was another probably random Sunday when I was really hungover in there mm-hmm. that I didn't get the opportunity to do the core work. I still worked out, but just didn't do the core work. I think it just like rode the Peloton or something. But uh, so I got 28 out of 30 days. There you go. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I didn't even get, I probably got what it meant a total to about 20, maybe mm-hmm. 18, but like, it's something I'm just still doing. So, okay. you know, like, I'm, I'm like, you know what I mean? Like I, I did it today. So like, I'm going yeah. to keep doing this, especially, especially when my lower body does feel like it's, it's just like a little bit tight. This is something that I'm going to, you know, I'm going to continue to do for quite a bit. So, Oh, oh of course, dude. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to keep doing more squats and doing more core work and everything. Like I try to like build my squat back up and stuff and like, you know, get better in terms of form and everything. And I uh, wish I had the courage to take mirror photos of myself with no shirt on to track any progress, but um, I, I'm just going to kind of keep doing it. And, you know, maybe one day I'm not, I'm not never going to have a six pack, but Maybe one day, like, I'll, you know, have that appearance where it's just like, yeah, you know, he put some work in, which is all I could ask for. Just at least, hey, that guy, maybe he works out. That's that's all I'm taking. I don't you, even need to be called. Right. Fit. Yeah. Yeah. You want to get a six pack? Stop drinking six packs. Stop yeah. eating. <laughs> stop eating anything at all. With processed, right. That's been processed. It, it's like, you know, you can sure like um, you can definitely develop the beginnings of of abs. But like mm-hmm. a, until you cut out all of that, you will never ever have them. It is just something that is in, unless you're unless you're jacked up and all sorts of stuff, um, like our buddy Liver King. There's <laughs> just no way to maintain that appearance. There's it's impossible. Not impossible. Yeah. It's just not not something you can do constantly. Yeah, dude. And I got to tell you, I I love. Um drinking on Saturdays and I love burgers and fries and mm-hmm. pizza and stuff too much to cut all that out, you know? Yep. So like, I, this is something that I know. This is something that I have accepted. Hey, if they ever want to cast me in a Marvel movie for and no reason whatsoever and give me a trainer, we'll talk. But, um, considering I, I don't want to do that, but who knows opportunities come out in anywhere these days. And, um, so like if I, if I know that I'm not going to go that hardcore into it. The least that I can do is do everything humanly possible to, you know, exercise that mm-hmm. area as much as possible. And, you know, like I said, man, all I'm looking for is just when somebody sees me, they're probably like, and they like, does that guy work out? Yeah, I'm sure he works out and I'm cool with that. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's good. Good to hear. Good to hear. So we're going to go right into the first of our mini sods, which I'm simply calling the airing of the grievances and um god only knows there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world um even since i wrote and and emailed you the outline and everything so we're just going to break this down into two sections in our first section we're going to be caught raging against the internet and um in this section we're going to find something online that is worth airing some grievances over and like I guess at this point in time, I'm just going to leave it open for anything, even though we did have some pretty good political talk last time around. So um, once you've made your selection, just to answer, why do you think that this is worth airing some grievances over? And are there any suggestions that you would make to remedy the situation? Yeah. So I'm not going to get into politics because I I don't feel like this is I don't don't feel like a a long like a, a, a political talk can be appropriately summed up 
and the length that we're trying to go with this episode. So I understandable avoided avoided that. Went with something that is definitely more. Um, it, it, you could, it, I don't know. This is I, I basically what I'm going to d- dive into is that Simpsons meme with um, with Homer's father, old man yells a cloud. Like oh yeah yeah that's that's kind of where I'm going, but I, I do think that there's a little bit of substance behind this, other than me just complaining uh, about okay. young people. So I'm calling this zillennial appropriation. Um, Ooh, nice. We've all heard the term cultural appropriation. You know, it's like when when white people start wearing dreadlocks and shit and uh, fucking speaking with like uh, you know using uh, using it more like African American urban slang or whatever. Uh, that's right. that's your general cult. That's what we normally see with something like cultural appropriation. But what I'm talking about here is this idea that like Gen Z has, and this is something we see in all over social media, and even happens in sort of more more traditional media senses too. And I'll, I'll give you some examples here when I get done. But um, Gen Z or the Zillennials are discovering recent cultural artifacts, be they movies. TV shows, news articles, old pictures of people, just things that have, things that are, they're old to them. And to us, they might have even happened in our lifetime or certainly in, um, uh, you know, certainly in a Gen Xer's lifetime or in our parents' yeah. lifetime. They're, they're within, let's say, like the last 50 years or so. Um, they're suddenly discovering these things and then they're repackaging it as new information that they're the ones who came up with. And... <sighs> This is sort of, and it it's really not necessarily that they're, um, I, I don't know, I, I, it's not like malicious. It's just sort of like in the way that like kids discover something and they want to tell their friends, mm-hmm. right? Like when you're like the first time you saw like, the first time you saw like some cool um, adult movie, I don't mean like adult movie, I don't mean like fucking porno, but I mean <laughs> a, a movie that it was certainly more, um, let's say you're 10 years old, it's the first time you watch a movie that is more um, towards your parents' taste. But you yeah. you got something out of it. You thought it was interesting. You want to go tell your friends about it, right? Right. Imagine that. But like when those when now when these like young kids find something they want to go tell their friends about, they're going to go ahead and tell four hundred thousand strangers that are in turn going to go tell to four hundred thousand other strangers, other strangers, other strangers, so on and so forth. Um, mm-hmm. It's just something we haven't had before. Um, so like just for as like a particular example, um, I, I think we talked about it briefly a couple of years ago, but I. I do not remember. So if we do, you can kind of you can kind of back me up in this one. And this is actually a case of uh, a case of cultural appropriation. But I don't think it was like on purpose. It just so happened that this girl did this. There's this white girl on TikTok who she's like a she's like a music student, and she went on she went on this long not long it's like a two minute video that she put up on TikTok um, about uh, TikTok and Twitter about um, about the Houston rap style. Uh, mm-hmm. And she called it slowed and reverbed, and we've yeah. heard it in every. I mean, it's in everything um, that, mm-hmm. that you hear, especially hip hop, but even in some pop music. And she talks about how it was pioneered by this guy named Slater, and uh, this producer named Slater, and uh, like literally, Twitter, black Twitter came for her hard um, mm-hmm. because you know even even the DJ that she credited that goes by Slater was like told her, "I'll pay you three thousand dollars to delete this video from the internet." Um, this is, you know, this is, this is in honor of DJ Screw, the person who created this style back in the eighties and nineties in Houston and, um, you know, pioneered it way before you were even born. Um, don't pretend like this is something new. And, you know, there's, again, there's like claims of cultural appropriation, but, and which that is accurate. 100% she did. 
But the idea that this is something of recent vintage is really what kind of one of the things that really bites at me. Because this mm-hmm. isn't recent vintage. This has been going on since I was a kid. Um, right. And, and, and probably if you, if you talk, DJ Screw died a long time ago. Um, probably if you, if you like knew what DJ Screw's influences were, there are probably DJs and people involved in music in the 70s and 80s that influenced what he did. So, mm-hmm. again, it's just not, inf- it's not new information. It's just younger people discovering it. And they have a very particular microphone that they've never had before to sort of push these things far and wide. That's why we've had, when when Dune came out, and you and I talked about it, there are all of a sudden a lot of think pieces about Dune 1984. And yeah. About like, well, it's really not that bad. That's because you're a fucking young, dumb idiot who's never really, who has never seen it before until recently. And you don't right. understand what a bad, especially in the terms of like what David Lynch's filmography and what he does, in mm-hmm. terms of that, Dune 84 is not is nothing special at all. It's a it's it's an it's a it's a B grade sci fi movie that David Lynch wanted his name off of. So mm-hmm. so that's that's part of it. And more recently, there's something. Have you heard of Profi? Oh my god, the, I, the name sounds familiar, but I can't think of what it okay. is. Okay, so this is a this is another TikTok trend. Um, this is called protein coffee. You add protein to your coffee, or as I like to call it, something I've been doing with my gym buddies for 26 years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But now it has a hashtag. Now it has now it has TikTok fame. Um, so it's a new thing. Yeah. See, I think everybody's just so they love that that hashtag thing, especially with this particular situation and stuff. Like they are really like trumpeting this like it's something that they thought of personally you know and i i don't even know if they even thought of that name it sounds like that name is something that somebody would have came across in this time you know in the last 10 or 15 years or whatever so no, you know what I, this giving stuff names like that that's new because okay. you know what i called it i called it putting protein in my coffee yeah <laughs> that's right yeah i, I didn't like, need to shorten it there's no fucking point in doing that no, that's a really good point. You're right. The naming thing is definitely a newer thing. Like for some reason, I just I, the whole profi. It just seems like that is it's like a low hanging fruit thing. You know what I'm they, saying? Like the the uh, apparently the young the younger college student thing. If you're gonna if you're gonna have a party in the day, it's called a dirty. Oh God! Oh I know. Fuck, God. fuck kids. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. them kids. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, definitely. F them kids on that one. You got that 100% right. And like, dude, what you're talking about here, I I think I must see an example of this like every day or every other day. And like all these different media outlets online and like, you know, on, on YouTube, uh, like uh, even to a certain degree on the television and stuff. And this need for content, sometimes, like basically at least once a day, somebody whether it be coming soon.net vice stereo gum, like it's, it's all over the place, no matter what form of entertainment, Mm -hmm. they do some kind of zenial like appropriation. And like today, for example, I was scrolling through coming soon.net's like Instagram stories and somebody did a John Carpenter's memoirs of an invisible man is a gem type article, you know? And like, I I haven't seen it, but um, I would. It's not a assume. gem. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not a gem. <laughs> yeah, and like I have this feeling that like um, sometimes these people 
we'll take these movies that are, you know, in, in the case of John Carpenter in this specific movie, they take a movie that's like not as like, I guess, popular in some of his horror stuff. And they try to like trumpet this, like, I guess who needs it kind of positivity. Like, does anybody really need on um, what mm-hmm. is it? it's March 3rd, 2022, does anybody need to know that the invisible memoirs of an invisible man is a gem, you know? And like, right. who the, who the hell in terms of the editor, like you're, you're an editor for a website or a news, um, a newspaper and you're, and you're taking different pitches and stuff. And, and Jess has been doing some literary pitch work over the, probably like over the last like year and a half, two years since she got published in the New Yorker. And like some of the things that, um, her and her writing partner pitch, like it has some creativity to them, you know, like they're, whatever it may be, some of them, um, you know, get published, some of them get turned away. And like, if you're the editor of any of these online sites and somebody comes up to you and it's just like, yeah, you know, next week I'm going to write this article about how memoirs of the invisible man is like a really great movie. Why would you even say yes to that? Like that doesn't even sound like something that like anybody would want to read. Like, like is it in the budget to give these people work? I have no fucking clue. Well, you hit on you hit on something before, and it kind of it kind of t- dovetails into like one of my points that more so than ever these these websites need content. It doesn't matter what it is; if they need content, just as long as someone clicks on it, it justifies this website's existence. And I think that more so than ever, these these people writing at, especially the younger people writing at these websites or, you know, handling the social media for places or just their own social media for places, um, they too want as much content as possible. And unlike in past generations, unlike, unlike when we were, like, new to the social media, um, like, I, I, I don't know about you, like, when Twitter first came around, I never thought to myself to... To like watch, you know, I watched a movie, and then went like, "Oh my god!" The first people I should tell about this are, is everyone on Twitter. But like, because these these younger people have grown up, more, you know, like we were the first like sort of digital age kids. These mm-hmm. kids have known nothing but cell phones in their hands and being able to go online and talk to people like right away. So like that's just their first instinct. So I think it's like sort of, um, sort of a, a feedback loop. Of yeah. sorts that like it the, so this machine needs to get fed or it's going to fucking starve really quickly. Yeah, that's exactly right, and they will keep shoveling whatever, whatever into this goddamn machine, dude. And like tomorrow, you and I could easily wake up and we encounter a um, a movie where they are just like the room is seriously just so misunderstood. It is actually better than Citizen Kane. That'll be a headline that could easily show up on the internet tomorrow. And God, let's hope it doesn't. (laughs) I just like, like, I I feel like as a joke, um, I feel like as a joke, there, there could, it would be really hysterical to have like, to have a TikTok account. We, you'd need like, you'd need like an actual kid to do it. I feel like, or just a younger, not kid, younger person to do it. But Mm -hmm. like, have like someone, in the same way that like this, these people are like, oh my god, did you know that the mom from uh, like what was it recently? Oh, where they're just like, oh my god, someone was like, oh my god, the mom from Shit's Creek is the mom from Home Alone, yeah. and it's like, <laughs> yeah, Catherine O'Hara has been kind of famous in comedy uh, for about forty years now, but you right. know, welcome to the world. So I think it would be funny to do something like really like 
make fun of this like in a really highbrow manner or like some like 17 year old like talking about how like i don't know like the worst ingmar bergman movie is actually mm-hmm. the best ingmar you know what i mean like going yeah, exactly. real fucking esoteric and like old school with it like no actually akira kurosawa and like you know like i think it was fun i would think it was funny but there's probably a lot of people probably a lot of younger people would be like who the fuck's akira kurosawa yeah that's right oh my god akira kurosawa i had that for lunch the other week you know <laughs> like dude yeah ex- exactly and that actually would be something very very funny i would enjoy the hell out of that yeah. let me tell you <laughs> so, there, right. so there just hold on i'll i'll I'll, oh. I'll just go ahead and finish this thought out here because you know you have, you have like another question here and it like i just don't think there is any way to remedy this i just think mm-hmm. this is like the reality now and you know it's just going to keep happening. I'm telling you, like, when we're in our 60s, there are people that are just going to be like, um, you know, when, when Tom Holland's like it is when we're in our 60s, Tom Holland's in his 50s playing like playing a dad on some TV show. They're just someone's going to be like, oh, my God, did yeah. you know that Spider-Man or do you know that the dad from was Spider-Man years ago? I can guarantee it. <laughs> oh, you know, that's you know that that is going to happen, dude. And we are going to see. So many even more crazy versions of appropriation as you and I get older, dude, because we are not getting any younger, man. And as you know, as we continue to experience stuff, there's going to be a whole lot of people that are experiencing things uh, for the first for the first time, you know, and I guarantee that um, just some of the extremes are just going to like Avatar being better than Star Wars, all this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. like we're we're due for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah all right dude well yes that is definitely worth um worth airing some grievances over that is for sure and mine okay so i was um it took me a while to actually land on what i wanted to um to talk about and i was you know throwing some different options around and today i saw something that just really turned up the anger to 11 and um i still have not seen tiger king I am one of these people that is never, ever, ever going to watch Tiger King. You and me both. Yes. I have no desire whatsoever to watch this. Um, And for some reason, during the pandemic, when there was nothing else being made and all this stuff, this thing got really, really popular. And now Peacock is making a show about Tiger King. As if we didn't get enough from the fucking Netflix documentary we have to keep this family in the sphere of relevance through a show that is on Peacock. And I'm going to start with Peacock. This is the one streaming service that I hate and absolutely makes no fucking sense to me whatsoever. Like, I realize that NBC, this whole thing, making it's all money, okay? Like, everything about it, just make money, whatever. Everybody else has got their own streaming service, putting content on there. NBC is doing the same. But... There were some things in the um, release, especially in terms of The Office, that I think really pissed people off. Like you had to pay for Peacock to get The Office and um, like Jess bought it on Amazon. So like no matter what, like we can have The Office streaming all the time. But like The Office being this older show was not on um, was not available for free. It agitated a lot of people. I bought it to watch the um, the new Halloween movie, which was not all that good. And it made me mad. And then I thought like, oh, you know, maybe I'll try some of the other programming on here. It was all bad. Even AP Bio, when it made the jump to Peacock, lost every single thing that it had when it was on NBC. So Peacock is one of the lost streaming services that I really, really don't give a shit about. And now we're going to go on to the show. Like I said, what did we get 
from these people that we couldn't get out of the documentary. And now it's got Kate McKinnon, Bill Fickner's in it, Kyle McLaughlin's in it. It's got some real like people in the show. And I'm really mad that they're that they're making the show because I, I hate the Tiger King people. I don't want these people to have any more any more time on our screens. They had it and we should move forward. And I'm pretty positive that there was talks of even doing another season of Tiger King on Netflix. Oh, they so are. that could be they are. OK, yeah. yeah. So um, so so now we have that, too. And what I guess really ticks me off and um, even more so is that. And Jess brought this up immediately as I was going, was basically she had heard like a version of the rant that you guys had just heard. And she just says to me, she's like, well, you know something, dude, like there's an audience for it. And I said, I was just, it made me so mad because I like, I'm not like one of these, like how higher brow people, like I enjoy I enjoy like really all forms of entertainment. Something could be really simple. And as long as it's good and funny, like I'm, I'll probably watch it, you know, just, and something could also be very complex. I will watch that too. But the fact that our audiences and people in America are screaming for this family and these Joe and Carol, these assholes and their tigers, that they just have this demand enough to merit an, a series following a documentary this is one of these times where I am just like really depressed with America and our audience in general. And like, I feel that there I'm like, I'm not going to watch this show. I'm not going to get Peacock. This is an entire waste of time. And the fact that we want this, I think is just a reflection of how like idiotic and dumb, like people can be sometimes. And I'm going to tell you, I'll just go with this right now. There's no, there's no way of stopping this. Like there really isn't. They're just going to keep like, they're going to keep making shows based off of documentaries. This might even become a new thing now where somebody makes a doc. They are, they're doing, Oh my God, there's a show called the dropout. It was, um, uh, it's about uh, like a blood and stuff like that. Amanda Seyfried is in it. One of justice friends has got a it's, role. Yeah, it's about, show. it's about Theranos. Um, yes. And Elizabeth then, Theranos. Yeah. And the, they had a documentary on that on HBO and stuff. And like, I um I don't know man it's just really disappointing to me and uh, since I personally hate this family so much it just kind of riles me up even farther you know and who knows this show might go on to win Emmys and be great I'm sure it won't but let's just say it could and um but I I still I'm not going to watch it because of just my sheer sheer hatred and disposition of that family and everything Tiger King. I think um, the only thing that, that even remotely, remotely intrigues me about um, Joe and Carol is that uh, um, John Cameron Mitchell is playing Joe of mm-hmm. Hedwig and the Angry Inch fame, short bus fame, a lot of, uh, I suppose if you're about our age um, and, and older and you lived in New York, you probably know exactly who John Cameron Mitchell is. Um, but there's good possibility you, you might not, but indie filmmaker, director, actor, um, indie musician, just, he is sort of the embodiment of indie. Um, and that sort of intrigues me, but that would never be enough to, mm-hmm. to get me to watch whatever's going to happen. I, I think, I think the one thing you're sort of underestimating is it's not the, how stupid are people? It's. How out of touch, how out of touch studio executives are, 
that they think that they're hopping on something new. Yeah, that's right. That, I that's think that's another, really yeah. what, I mean, for sure, people are fucking dumb. But this feels like one of those things, like, you guys are a year too late. This mm-hmm. thing should have been out already. Like, it, right. it, we should, Chum and I should already be talking about this show, like, as if it happened last year. Um, I, I feel like it, it it's, like, just coming out, like, right now, is it not? Yeah, it's, like, soon, I think. Like, okay. like pretty soon. Yeah. So, like, but this should have been a thing, um, this should have been a thing at the very beginning of 2021. You should have had episodes lined up, ready to go. Yeah, um, that's a you. you they've missed. The, they've missed the window on this one. Yeah, that's a. What you brought up there is really, really great here because what I'm imagining is something like this. Like you know, some executives are in the room. Everybody's sitting around the table and stuff. You know, and they're talking about how yeah, we just had this really great pitch from a writer who said, "Get this, we should make Tiger King into a show." And then there's like some some chatter amongst the crowd. It's like, oh, people like Tiger King. Yeah, it was a hit. Okay, let's do this, you know, and I'm wondering like what like what would have been in its place? You know, like what would what did they pass up on to make this? And like I hope that at some point in time in the near future, we learn that like a groundbreaking comedy that's now on AMC of all places <laughs> was something that they um, passed up to make the Tiger King show. I, you know, I, I'll, and I'll, I'll say this: I don't think they passed up on anything to make this. That's why it's on Peacock, and that's why it's not on NBC. Yeah, that's why they. That is why they have Peacock. That's for sure. And is um, I know that they've done this whole like Bel Air thing, which I will say that the idea of taking a French print show is. I, and Fresh Prince of Bel Air making it serious, I think, it kind of intrigues me. But I, um, I've heard good things from the people who've seen it. Um, again, I'm just never going to buy peacocks. Like, so it's yeah, it's just it's just off. Like that's like I'm like okay, cool, that's great. I'm glad. Um, I have the original Fresh Prince of Bel Air on Netflix, I believe, still. So if I want to go watch that, I'll go watch. I actually really kind of do want to watch that now. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I, I just I've heard it's good. I just, it's not something that I personally needed. So yeah, it's, it's just, I don't think that any of us need Peacock. It is the one streaming service that I feel we could do without like all that content could either go on NBC or just go on another network or not exist at all. I, I, ever since they've done the Peacock thing, it's been the one streaming service that I've been adamantly against and like, they should be like thank god that i'm a halloween fan enough to like pay the money for the one month subscription and stuff because that's going to be the that's that, that's the end of my relationship with peacock right 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 uh, I, yeah i don't i don't i don't know like do they have a tie-in with with a with a movie studio at all they've got it's it, uh, they've got to universal nbc universal oh, nbc universal okay okay i mean yeah i mean i get it but i don't know like com- it seems comparatively at least this is my impression, like just comparing it to something like Paramount Plus, which you know, is carrying all the CBS shows, and then obviously you know Paramount Network and the everything associated with Paramount Studios, it seems like Paramount's got to be ten times the size. I mean, there's dude, that's that's where I watched uh, the Video Dead was on Paramount Plus. Really? Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, they've got their library and catalog has to be way deep. more vast. I mean, they have all deep. they have all of Comedy Central and BET. And like a multitude of other things. Yeah, I. I think with, I think except for like possibly except no no that's right South Park is now fully on there because that's where they released um, the last like several movies that South Park did. 
Yeah, and they, then HBO picked up on South Park too. So like they're they did a um, wow, that's I think that's a really genius move on their part to lease out the show to HBO Max. Like they were just like make some money off that way. But like right. I with Paramount, I'm trying to get into this without like bringing my job into the equation here. But like the way that this the CBS umbrella and all that and Paramount that net is cast so wide when it comes down to like what they even have a piece of leading up to what they have outright is so vast. Yeah, it, is, it, it really it is, is. It is insanely vast and stuff like that. And like the, all right, I just got to stop right here. Cause I'm going to be getting into a line with work that I can't really cross. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so, and and yeah. we kind of need to move on anyway. So exactly. Yes. Good point. Thank you very much for stopping me on that. It's just when I work in the legal field, it's so hard to stop myself without you just telling me to outright do this. Cause <laughs> it's, it's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. All right, dude. So the other one, this is kind of a little bit of a fun one. So we are coming up here on um, what is going to be, a one-year anniversary since I've been able to go back to the gym. And we actually just had our mask mandate lifted um, for the fourth, I think, time in this whole pandemic in California. Mm -hmm. We had it lifted um, over the past weekend. I got to work out in the gym with no mask on for the first time in a while. Um, I'll tell you, like, um, with the exception of just having a piece of cloth on my face, I've got a pretty good workout even with the mask on. So, um, but either way, uh, we're no mass in the gym anymore. So, um, that's because that's you got one of them liberal governors. Ah, no, God damn it. Gavin Newsom, you damn hot liberal motherfucker. Yep. He's just taking all of our rights from us. Cause this, this whole <laughs> thing was Gavin Newsom's fault is in case you guys don't watch Fox news. So, uh, in this six, in this situation, we are going to identify one type of person, person at the gym, the people who work out, not the actual staff at the gym, that annoy the hell out of you. And uh, what specifically do they do that bugs you? Um, what do you, if you have a special nickname for these people? And if you could send them to a fictional rendition from a film or TV show of hell, which fictional rendition of hell would you send them to? So here's here's where you and I have vastly different gym experiences. I don't give a shit about anybody else that isn't me at all. Mm -hmm. There could be someone dying underneath a bench press. If I'm not focusing on that at that particular moment, that person's going to choke to death. Sorry. I'm far too busy worrying about the 500 pounds on my back or the 600 pounds sitting on the ground or the heavy dumbbells I'm trying to balance. I don't care. I really don't notice people at all. Um, gotcha. The only people that really bother me are when I am doing something like that, there are, every now and then there are people that like to walk very close to what I'm doing. Um, mm -hmm. There are people that enjoy, for whatever reason, as I'm squatting at a squat rack, taking weights off the squat rack that's right in front of me, that I'm, that's, that I'm in, that I'm using currently. Um, that's the only thing that bothers me, just the people that get too close. Um, mm -hmm. it, and, and in some cases, it's almost impossible to avoid, depending on where you are in the gym. Um, if a lot of people are using the same area, then you just kind of have to get over it. Um, but it doesn't really happen that often. I, I don't, I, there's, I don't have a nickname for them. They're just people that get in the way. And it really, it's, it, it's, I, I wouldn't even call these like, it's not like a, I mean, it's a gym etiquette thing, but it's not like the people that do that kind of stuff. It's, they do that kind of stuff in real life. They're probably out there in real life, bumping into people and getting too close to people because they don't have respect for anyone else's personal space. It's just that yeah. it becomes significantly more dangerous 
when someone's standing there with a bunch of weights in their back and you're in front of them in their way. Oh, no, you got that right, dude. Yeah, that's a whole different thing when you've got 500 pounds on your back and some asshole is doing anything that you could see, smell, or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. annoying as hell, dude. You got that right. Mine, like, oh, and, we're actually oh, kind of... Real quickly, real quickly. Uh, I would send them to Robot Hell from Futurama. Robot Hell from Futurama. Very nice. It's one, very, of the best, very nice. one of the best interpretations of Hell and maybe my favorite quote-unquote devil character is Robot Devil. It's hysterical. Awesome. Yeah, I, God, I don't know if I've seen that specific episode, but Jess is a Futurama fan, so I will stumble upon oh, it. Oh, it's not. I mean, the time. devil's in, I don't know, probably 80 episodes. Oh, okay. Well, that's even better. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, dude. Well, like, me and you are actually, like, in falling in a similar thing with closeness and stuff. And something that I experience at the gym regularly out here fucking drives me insane in terms of the closeness. So like whenever um, I'm on like, a, you know, whatever it is, a piece of workout equipment in the gym, because this happens at all equipment stations, I approach or I encounter what I call the weeds. And there are these fucking people that will hang out around the machine to get it as soon as I am done. Okay. Now I'll tell you, man, like, there's, I actually have a lot of leeway with this. And I would probably say in general, like maybe 15 to 20% of my experiences with these people are people that um, encounter just as I'm wrapping up. So by the good, by the, the luck and timing and everything, they're just kind of there for like one set, you know, not a problem. The other 80% of the time I am looking at a five to even 20 minute time frame of people hanging around me, watching me work out. It is fucking annoying as hell. And this happens, you know, in our gym and in, in the one I go to, there are like five or six pieces of equipment that are like prime territory. It's our cable crossover machines. We have two of those. Um, there's three squad racks and then there's like your, um, your, your bench and incline bench. Every like week, at least every week, sometimes multiple times a week, I am having an encounter with somebody who is just hanging out on the phone, like even talking to me while I'm like re-racking and adding more weights and everything. This drives me insane. And like, look, like I know that my gym is one of the smaller LA fitnesses out there. So even so, I try to like give a little leeway. But when I go to a different LA fitness where it is even bigger, they have more machines and a lot of these machines are available, I am still faced with somebody who just loves to hang out and watch me work out, man. And like, I will tell you that uh, I don't need an audience for everything. And that's what really, really bugs me about these people. Um, I really wish that it did not happen all that much, but then again, I am in a gym in Southern California. We really don't have room for the population, so that has to transcend into the corporate gym world in some way, shape, or form. And if I was going to send them to a um, to a rendition of Hell, it would be the one from Little Nicky, where Harvey Keitel is the devil, just starts shoving pineapples up their ass. There you go, perfect. But you, you, <laughs> I kind of forgot about that one. Um, but uh, you hit on something that's even more important than Southern California and its population. You go to a commercial gym. Yeah. You volunteer. You you are actually paying for that. You're paying yeah. for people to come fucking stalk you. Dude, I will tell you, like, if there was something that correlated better with where I live and my job, I would do it in a second. There's 
for the overabundance of gyms that we have here in Southern California, the only ones that are in my neighborhood are um, I have I have a CrossFit gym right across the street, and then I have more CrossFit gyms as you get closer to the beach. I, I don't like I just don't want any part of that. Mm-hmm. The other the other thing um, that I have a lot of and like God I just keep going back to this episode of Fuck That's Delicious with Action Bronson where he's in New York and they go to a gym they meet with this one fitness model and it's like they're kind of like their fitness episode where he unofficially I guess starts his journey in this episode and they're in this gym that's like a a gym you have a membership to that has so much goddamn equipment in like a really small space and like a lot of the weights and machines are like older and stuff like there's one on santa monica boulevard right around the corner from the, the la fitness that's in santa monica and like it just looks so uncomfortable to work there like whatever was in that space before was not a gym. It could easily have been a cell phone store that mm-hmm. they just convert that they just converted into mm-hmm. a gym. So the other one that I now kind of made aware that's in my neighborhood that like I like the idea of what they're doing, but they have um, a lot of like appointment based gyms that you you're a member of a gym, but you go during a certain time. Yeah, because gotcha. Like, so like in El Segundo, which is um, directly south of us on the main street, you there's three gyms on this main drag, but they all have one squat rack, one, it's just one of everything. And you go in and make a time to go in there and stuff, which is just like, if you're in El Segundo and you have all your days free and that fits you and you like working out like by yourself, go for it, dude. But like, I can't have the appointments. It's that's just asking too much of me. That, that I I don't like that either. And it's just because like, I, I would feel I would feel like I'm under, well, there literally is, like a ticking clock for mm-hmm. me to get the fuck out of there at some point in time. And I'm sure there's obviously, like, a little grace period or whatever. Like, they're not going to, you know, the clock doesn't stop and, like, they just, like, kick you out. But, right. um, you know, so I'm sure you have time to do all that kind of stuff. But it just would feel like it's one of those things that, like, well, I'm not done with my workout yet. Because of whatever reason, you know, just for some reason it ran long or something. Like, I, yeah. I, I couldn't, I don't think I could do, like, I, I whenever I, like, whenever I, like sometimes I'll have to wake up in the morning and like do something for work like right away that mm-hmm. before I have a time like to un- you know even start my day and that'll kind of set me off late you know to get to get the gym time in so yeah. then I have to like go to the gym and I'm like all right well you got to alter what you're doing today if right. you know if I want to get in and out in 90 minutes or 80 minutes like you have to alter what you're doing today and I would yeah. constantly feel like that's what I'm doing altering what I would normally do yeah, you got that right, dude. I hate the whole idea of me having to leave a place by a certain time. I, I don't like that in general. I want to leave at my own leisure. And it it like it sucks that these places operate like this because in terms of like just hey, here's a gym you could go to for an hour, they got everything. And it's awesome. Like they even have a separate room, like how you do with the, the sled that you push and everything. They got it all, but you have to make an appointment, just not doing it. Yeah, no, thank you. It's you know, but there there is such a very as we found out during the pandemic. There's a large segment of people that, and I I don't mean this in like a I don't mean this like to sound condescending. There's just a large segment of people that like being told what to do in terms of working out. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, like the rise in fitness apps. In I I think Peloton was almost inevitable. You know, without the pandemic, I think Peloton was inevitable. But it just got Mm -hmm. just got super. You know, it just was like super ignited how, how like how quickly it got hot um right. but it, we just as we find out there's just a large segment of people that probably were 
in in gyms kind of just doing whatever you know doing a machine circuit doing whatever but now they found that like they just want to be told what to do yeah and that that's seems a, a gym with a time with a with an appointment kind of sounds like the kind of gym those people would go to that sounds exactly right dude i probably wouldn't even be surprised if you know like the the guy who owns it is probably a trainer too he shows up gives you a workout that's on the yep. wall and stuff like mm-hmm. do that and everything yeah i like I like the Peloton thing because of like convenience and stuff, and it's a new kind of way for me to work out. I've never done spinning before, but like I'm not when I go into the gym, like I don't want to have like I don't want to have anything, including like a, a giant workout sign that's made by some guy that you have to be done in 45 minutes. I don't want that. I just want to know what I'm doing, do it, and leave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Hell yeah, dude. Well, that is awesome. Take running right through the March of Mini Sows, bringing our first episode to its conclusion. So, um, did you want to do a sign off for each episode? How did you want to uh, end? Well, up? I'll just I'll do this really quickly. I mean, so I'm, I'm sitting here looking at the at the time, um, and it's 44 minutes closing in 45 minutes. Take away like the five minute opening. It's 40 minute okay. episode. Very pretty, nice. Pretty good. Pretty good. So, uh, so for uh, Adam Chabalewski, this is Matt Pagel uh, wrapping up our first mini sode. And we will see you later this week. We'll see you. Um, yes. So uh, until then, you can catch us uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere else you find podcasts. We're sure we're on there accidentally. I just forgot that I put us on there. But we're there more than likely. And uh, we will see you next time.